When wine is on trial, the gossip is dishy. The judges are drunk. The verdicts are random. So random. This is True Crimes Against Wine. No, I would not kill a zebra. Even if he's gonna kill you? I mean, if it was self-defense. He had a knife in his hoof. If he... He is coming for you. All right, welcome to True Crimes. Against Wine. That's Topher. That's Rachel. You got my name right. Yay, <laughs> you try and throw me off, I know. I know. Rachel is going to be talking to us about our defendant today and yes. presenting a lot of personal and character evidence. Oh, okay. And Topher is our expert witness when it comes to the science of wine. Science and art. And art, well, yes. I guess. Of I wine. am in a different, what do they call them in concentrations? Sure. Yeah, something like that. Okay. So I'm excited to revisit an area that we've been to before sure. and kind of like hone in a little bit more. So we are going back to Tuscany yes, today. We are. Should we start pouring? Yeah, let's go okay. ahead and pour. We've been decanting our wine, so it should have opened up pretty nicely by okay. now. And this gorgeous crystal decanter. It actually is a really, really pretty decanter. The only thing is I think it might be for liqueurs and not wine because it is smaller. You can't get that picky, Tover. <laughs> Already a very gorgeous color. It is really pretty. It reminds me, and I know you're going to laugh at me when I say this, it reminds me of a specific family of shades that are like lipstick. I like tried a, to match my lipstick to the wine today. Did you really? Yes. Oh, you did a really good job. Did I? Yeah, I it's was like going a, for red. <laughs> it's like a wine berry, like very dark, not inky yes. black. It's still no, red. No, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's very beautiful. It kind of looks like the outside of a dark red plum. Yes. It is gorgeous. All right. Yeah, cheers. Cheers. So let's smell and... Okay, I like how you had to tell me to smell it. You looked very mm-hmm. pointedly at me. I did. <laughs> this already smells amazing. This takes me back to my trip to Italy yes. and drinking the wine and from this region because we actually visited Chianti, which oh, is the, nice. the specific this region that we're going to This is a Chianti today. wine? So this is so, not okay. a Chianti wine. That was wine. a question I had for you. Yes. We'll talk about that in just a second because okay. that's a really, a really great question. Thank you. <laughs> You're so welcome. <laughs> we're so congenial today. Aren't we? I know. When's it all going to fall apart? Very soon. <laughs> as soon as you ask me what I taste, that's going to yeah. fall apart. Yeah. But no, it smells absolutely amazing. Smelling cherry. I could totally see that. And it's very red. Old wood. Okay. That's close to red. Yeah. It smells <laughs> like you're walking through a really old wooden building. And I know that doesn't sound appealing maybe to some people, but it's very appealing to me. I'm going to. I kind of get it. Like to... you go into like an old bookstore or yes. antique shop, but it's not musty. Not smelling. musty. No. It's just the old. Yeah. Yeah. And very woody. Yes. Yes. That's a really good way to put it. Thank you again. Yeah. It's also lots of very like dried herb, like rosemary. Okay. I'm not getting the rosemary. Well, I am. Oh. Okay. <laughs> and so it begins. All right. <laughs> Time for a cross-examination. Oh, damn it. <laughs> and then kind of like dried earth. Like, you know, we've had some before that we've classified as that really rich black soil mm-hmm. kind of wet loamy earth this is like dried clay almost yeah okay i was gonna say it doesn't have any like a moisture no yeah it's a very arid clay mm-hmm. which i would associate with italy honestly yeah like that makes terracotta sense. kind of yeah that yeah. makes yeah the tiles on the roofs and all that mm-hmm. you want to taste yes i do okay. all right you've been very patient mm-hmm. 
Oh. Oh, that's lovely. It's very strong tasting to me. When you say strong, do you mean like the flavor is very pronounced? Do yes, you mean... I'd say the flavor is very pronounced. Okay, well, that's good. That'll make yeah. it easier for you to describe what you're tasting then. Okay. <laughs> Did I set you myself up You just set failure? yourself up for that. Oh, shit. Come on, okay. walk me through it. Okay. Rachel has not said grapes for like five episodes in a row, by the way. I'm trying I just so hard because my first instinct was like, it smells like grape juice. It does not. And I was like, no, Rachel, go deeper. Topher has taught you something. <laughs> I will say I'm getting like the plum kind of taste. Yeah, but almost kind it. of like a, it's ripe, but it's still kind of tart. Yeah, there is definitely a tartness to mm-hmm. this, which, which I think is lovely. why I'm saying like it's kind of a bold yeah. taste. And it's almost like the cherry, rather than being a really lush red cherry, is, what are those cherries called that have? Maraschino. <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> no, like a little bit of a yellowish tint. They're also oh, red. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking Are those about. Bing cherries? Does that make those sense? Are, I feel like that's a Bing they're cherry. They're called little blondies. I don't think so. I think that's a Girl Scout cookie. You know what? Let's just keep something. Okay. But there's no way to tell. What are the cherries called? Oh, is it Rainier? Yeah, the Rainier yellow Rainier. cherries. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it does have that taste to it. I yeah. see that. Okay. It's very, very nice. Mm-hmm. I'm still getting the herb, and it does have an aftertaste of that dryness. And yeah, I was going to say, the aftertaste is not as bold as that first flavor. So that's mouth. the tannins that okay. we talked about before. It sucks and absorbs the moisture from your mouth and mm-hmm. gives you that dry pucker at the end, yeah. which some people feel very strongly against. I really enjoy it, mm-hmm. especially with food. It's a great... Yeah, ooh, I can see this pairing really nicely with a good meal. Oh my God, roasted pork. Mm-hmm. Like something really meaty and rich or duck or something like that. I yeah. Well, I'm going to solve that because I make a really good duck. Okay. Um, rabbit. Oh, Topher. It'd be great with rabbit. Killing all the cute little animals. Well, ooh, maybe we they should release it. this they as an Easter episode. I know. <laughs> to your question. Yes. And we'll talk more about the taste as this opens Let's up. Let's look at the label. Yeah. So this talk. label, we won't say quite yet. Because is. the defendant is on the label, so yes. we'll wait a second for that. So the first thing that I want to point out is that we are looking at a 2013, which makes this now, it beats out Fergie for the oldest, oldest wine that we've oh, done. So yeah, this is wine. an eight, almost nine-year-old wine. Yeah. It was harvested in 2012. Ooh. So the wine itself is eight years, the grapes that were used, nine years. Right, gotcha. Almost 10. And so this is Toscana. Mm-hmm. And then it's an IGT. So let's talk about that for a second. Okay. This is a product of Chianti. It is from a very, very small village. Mm-hmm. It is called San Leolino in Siena, Tuscany. It has a population of 26 people. Okay. In 2011, the population was 11. So there was a baby boom, clearly. Oh. They like I think They had some doubled, wine and got busy. Yeah, they doubled in population. So just to put that in perspective too, 26 people, I did a tally yesterday just on my father's side, Mm -hmm. starting with my grandparents and and that's it. And then going down to like aunts and uncles and cousins, I have 38 relatives just on that one side. So your father's side of the family could take over this small Italian town. They could. They could completely go in and loot and pillage. I think they should. And then you get to rule. Well, I don't, I'm not really in good with my dad's side of the family, so that probably well, wouldn't They could just do the dirty work, and you could come in as the benevolent ruler. I don't think they would accept me as their benevolent 
They're what? Be benevolent. Yep, there we go. Benevolent. All right, well, that plan's done with. So, Chianti is a subregion of Tuscany. It spans across three provinces, Florence, Siena, and Arezzo. Mm -hmm. In 1716, Cosimo III de' Medici, mm-hmm. who was the Archduke of Tuscany. I don't know why I'm still holding this. I'm going to give it okay. back to you. You look very regal with it, though. Thank you. Uh, so Cosimo III de' Medici, the Archduke of Tuscany, issued an edict in which he officially recognized the boundaries of Chianti, which was the first legal document in the world to define a wine production area. So oh. Chianti is actually the very first official wine region that was ever documented. That's really cool. Okay. It is really cool. So, And I know in our last Tuscany episode when I believe it was Sting. Yes. We talked a lot about sort of the culture of that area. And mm-hmm. this just kind of speaks to that too. There's just so much to get into there. So production limits were designated for Chianti Classico in 1932. Chianti Classico would be the type of wine that is most largely produced there, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's made predominantly of Sangiovese grapes, which is what we have. We've talked about yeah. those. Okay. However, there are very strict rules about how it's made and like a lot of wine regions. And so there will be other grapes that are required to be a part of a Chianti Classico as well. Okay. You would probably know Chianti most because it came in, became really popular in the nineteen like late 1940s, early 1950s. Okay. Post-World War II, they started really marketing it a lot as mm-hmm. an American fun thing. And you had that really bulbous, round bottle shape that yeah. has the basket on it. Yep. And that basket is called a fiasco. Oh. Which is Italian for flask. Oh. And the the reason that they made those was because back then, in, in the olden days, like traditionally, it was very difficult to blow glass that had a flat bottom that you could just Uh, set on the table. And so they would just do the rounded bottoms. It was cheaper and easier for artisans to do. And then you put it in the basket. Oh, okay. Which I think is really cool. I never realized that. I'd never Mm. taken one out of the basket before. Also, Chianti is a, because it's a protected wine now um, Mm -hmm. with a lot of regulations about it. It's the only wine that's allowed to display, and you're going to love this, the Gallo Nero, which is the black cock. Mm-hmm. The seal for the local association of producers. So does this have this on it? No, because this is not a okay, Chianti. I'm sorry. No, no, you're you fine. You just told it's, me and I forgot. It's confusing. So <laughs> this region of Chianti is known for producing these wines. However, okay. this is not a Chianti wine. This is not a Chianti wine. And the okay. reason for that is because back in 1944, uh, mm-hmm. is when most people agree, there was a guy named Mario. I guess it's in, in Chiesa della Rochetta. He was a plumber. Mm-hmm. <laughs> brother named Luigi. Yep. We we know this. We know, we know this. this to be true. We know. Um, no, but he kind of led this movement where he was like, listen, I don't need to be making these fancy regulated DOCG wines. I want to experiment with other grape varietals that are more of like a Bordeaux style, bring in some other things that I know will grow really well here and make a wine that is very high quality, but I can probably make more accessible to people because it will be something that isn't recognized as the fancy, Mm -hmm. you know, super regulated wine. And that became known as a super Tuscan. Think of super in terms of outside, like extraterrestrial, Mm -hmm. you know? So a Tuscan wine that is made outside of the regulations of what was going on at the time. Okay. Originally, it could only be classified as a Vina de Tavola, which is 
Table wine. Table wine. It's the lowest classification for wine. However, the popular opinion and critical acclaim that it was winning at all of these different wine shows caused the regulators to change the rules to allow super Tuscans, some of which now have their own specific classification, which is really cool. Yeah. And so super Tuscans tend to be, I won't say expensive, expensive, although they can get that way, but they're not. It used to be, you know, you'd go in and find like a $10 Super Tuscan. Mm-hmm. That's not the case anymore. You're going to spend, be spending like $20 to $30 so for a reasonable, but not yeah. super pricey. But to get a but good you one, you're going to be like minimum of $80 moving into like the 200s. Okay. Oh, God. Yeah. I've um, never spent that much on a wine. This wine. You can spend it on us if you really want to. I don't remember how much this was, but I want to say it was about 50 or 60. So this is fairly pricey yeah. then. And we had to get it shipped straight from Italy as yes. well. It wasn't sold at any of the places that we could find any of the distributors here in the U.S. They so that like makes a it nice special. little like, Da Vinci or something along with it just for fun. Right. <laughs> Like throw it in as a little gift. Absolutely, your little like one surprise item with purchase yes. kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> one gift with purchase. That would be really adorable if they did it. Yeah. So yeah, that's a little bit about kind of the region and the wine. I hope that explains to the it difference does, between yes. the Chianti and what this is yes. as a super Tuscan. Yeah. Do you want to start to get into who the defendant is mm-hmm. now? All right. So our defendant is also from Tuscany, born and raised. Awesome. And like it says on the bottle. Is it Sting? It is not. It is Roberto Cavalli, the fashion designer. I'm really excited to go into this because I know your first question to me is going to be, how much do you know about him? Okay. But I also, before you get into your facts, I want to know how much of what you're going to be talking to me about today you knew before you researched. Topher's very sophisticated way of calling me unfashionable. No, it's just that you... <laughs> yes, it is. Let's Fact Checker is saying that that's accurate. <laughs> so go ahead and take a little sip there for okay. being mean to your friend. You look fantastic today. Aren't you proud of me? I'm very proud of you. You look beautiful in this green velvet dress. It's got this golden sheen to it. So because we were doing a fashion designer, I was like, okay, I have to dress up for Topher. So I put on my... One nice item that I own. You've got other nice items, too. But I like this one because you wore it to my wedding. (laughs) I did. Mm -hmm. I did. This is my wedding dress, (laughs) one could say. Yes. So I did not know a lot about Roberto Cavalli. I knew the name. I could not like really pinpoint what he was known for. I think that's completely reasonable. He's not. I mean, he's definitely a well-known designer, but he's Mm -hmm. not like Enzo Gucci or... You know, Gianni Versace. Yeah, Gianni Versace. Yeah. But he is, yeah. He Although mean, that would be a fun episode. Wouldn't that be fun? Yeah, he is a major Italian designer. And he's mm-hmm. been around for a while, too. So I want to say he got started. Oh, do you want Do you want me to start telling you, you what I know? What okay. you know about So Cavalli. I don't know a whole lot, okay. to be honest with you. And he's not, like you said, he's not somebody who's really, like, been out there in the the tabloids and stuff. No, he's um, had a pretty quiet personal yeah. life. Because a lot of those Italian designers kind of have this sort of celebrity lifestyle as well. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying he hasn't enjoyed some of that, but I just haven't encountered it. He's been more low-key than yeah. his contemporaries, for sure. I know probably more about his actual designs than I do him. Okay, well, that's so fair. I know that he got started in, the I want to say, the early 70s. He did. With mm-hmm. his fashion house. Mm-hmm. And he became really well-known very quickly. 
quickly and early on for very flowy, almost caftan-like dresses. Yes, that is kind of part of his vibe. Yes, yeah. mm-hmm. and and mixing a lot of animal prints. Animal prints yes. are something, especially for his women's wear, that he's very he does a lot of animal print, yeah. Especially sort of zebra stripes. Zebra, and he'll also do a lot of mixing, like, zebra with giraffe or zebra with cheetah print mm-hmm. or something, which mm-hmm. could be very garish and tacky, but he pulls it off in a very elegant way. He's very good at walking that line. Yeah. And then I know that for his men's wear, I don't know when that started, but he produced some really amazing stuff, in my opinion, between like 2014 and 2018, especially when it came to his men's outerwear that was just beautiful, structured, but very elegant and had some really surprising mixtures of different fabrics and textures mm-hmm. as well, which you would obviously expect from him. Yeah. Other than that, I know that he makes wine. He <laughs> I know does. that now. He does. Um, and I know that he has a son who I believe is more in charge of the wine and not as much into fashion. I think that wine is actually his son's passion. I could be wrong about that. Okay. Well, let's start from the beginning. Okay. With Roberto Cavalli. He was born November 15th, 1940. So he's a Scorpio. Yeah, his birthday's coming up. Yeah, fellow Scorpio, like me and fact checker. I'm sorry, what year did you say? 40. 40, okay. So right oh, wow. back in the middle of World War II. So, his dad actually died during the war, so he oh. didn't really get to know his dad. And from what I read, like, it's not super clear on, like, how his father died. So I guess that's kind of like, eh, don't really know. Yeah, whether he was a soldier who was killed in the war or if it was just one of those things where <laughs> the fascist soldiers were not fantastic to locals. Right. Or even, like, when the Germans came through. Right. Well, yeah, it was so. Yeah. There's something to do with, like, the German army coming through. Yeah. And so it's, like, not clear what happened. And they were brutal. Yes. Brutal to the people there. Yeah, not known for being good people. No. Great engineers, though. <laughs> Topher, don't defend Nazis, please. <laughs> His grandfather was Giuseppe Rossi, who was an artist who has pieces in the Uffizi Gallery in oh, Florence. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. We did not yeah. get to go to the Uffizi Gallery when we were there. And I honestly don't even remember why. We did go to some really good exhibits. We went to one that was on Galileo. Oh, cool. It was very interesting because the culture back then obviously was a very patron-centric yes. thing where, you know, if you were an artist or an engineer or a scientist, you made your living by getting in good with the rich folk. Right. And they would fund you. I'm, so was, I'm still up for that. I'm totally up for that. Being like a kept man or kept person or whatever who like just gets to produce art just and be creative all day long yeah, and like exactly. a rich person's like here's more money yeah like, okay but i didn't realize until i went to that exhibit and it was really cool it spanned several floors mm-hmm. i didn't realize that galileo wasn't just a physicist kind of experimenter he mm-hmm. was also he designed all of these different machines including like really sophisticated war machines mm-hmm. that obviously was very useful to the archduke who was yeah, that makes he sense. He was working for, yeah. And I wonder sometimes how much of that was him being like, oh, I'm really interested in creating these war machines and how much of it was got to earn my keep today. Basically, If I want yeah. to study this thing and... Probably, yeah. probably a good bit of it. Yeah, so Cavalli actually started off at an art institute in his late teens. Okay. But he had a focus on textiles, which makes sense for that him going into fashion. totally that. makes sense. Well, and his... He creates his own patterns he does. and textiles. So his first big thing that he created while he was still kind of in art school was flower prints on knit. Okay. And then he did some like printing on leather. Yeah. Which Florence is a big leather yes, producer. Yes. We brought leather back some goods. leather from them. Um, um, so he start, I think that's where like he really got into mixing like 
pattern and texture. That's so that's, sort of notion. That's Sorry, very, very interesting early. to me because when I mentioned his 2014 to 2018 mm-hmm. men's outerwear, one of the things that I was really drawn to when I was like watching the runway shows, not in person, I'm not that wealthy and fancy. I wish that yet. I were yet. Um, <laughs> but if you would like to send me to Florence Fashion Week. Okay, um, just Topher's going. That's fine. Fact checker and I will have our own little adventure somewhere else. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> but his outerwear was really cool. And I was talking about how like he mixed different mm-hmm. patterns and, and textiles. The leather, I couldn't figure out what was going on with the leather. And it, it looked like it was in places almost embroidered. And then yeah. in some places it looked like it might be painted. I couldn't really tell. So it sounds like he was really experimenting with. Yes leather and making something really high quality. So this was in like the early 60s yeah. when he started doing this. And it was kind of at that time seen as this luxe, hippie, bohemian kind mm-hmm. of style. His which, early style is very much like that. Which he's yeah. not so much now. Or if you, I mean, there are other head designers now for Cavalli, but yeah. like that's not really where the brand is now. But you can kind of see the origins of that with some of like their mm-hmm. silhouettes. His early style always, to me, I was like, man, if Rhoda from the Mary Tyler Moore show was actually wealthy, that's <laughs> the kind of clothes yeah. that she would be wearing. Kind of that, like you said, boho, still tasteful, but very right. loud and very, yes. uh, it stands out. Yeah. I would, I kind of think of it as like, okay, if Alexis Rose from Shit's <laughs> Yes. Was alive in like the 60s, like that would have been the clothes like she would have so, gone for. So basically Moira when she was young. Young Moira. Young there we like, go. Yeah. 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 That's a, that's a good Good analogy there. Yeah. Thank you. That's three compliments you've given me so far. Oh God, I've got to like two more away. Got to hold back to fill up my punch card. <laughs> what do you get at the end of that? Money. Oh, you give me money. Oh wow. So keep the compliments a common money. <laughs> <laughs> so he started doing this. He got the attention of Hermes, and he started working with them and some other designers, and that really launched him. Into this luxury world. So what I find interesting about you saying that is, did you, have you watched the Netflix series Halsey yet? No. It's very good. I highly recommend it. I actually realized just now I didn't finish it. I think I have two more episodes. Halston, I'm sorry. I don't know why I said Halsey. Jesus. (laughs) Halston. Who's the fashion idiot now? Seriously. Um, It's about to be like, Halsey, wait a second. (laughs) (laughs) She's been around for a very long time. No, Halston, he also originally got his start with Hermes and because he was a hat maker for them, I want to say. Okay. He worked in their haberdashery department. Oh, haberdasher. Yeah. Before he branched out and started doing his own thing. And what's interesting is Halston is very well known, not so much for maybe the the colors, Mm -hmm. but for a very specific caftanish sort of silhouette and making that high fashion. Liza Minnelli was one of his major muses and And Cher too, right? That would not surprise Cher me. wearing a lot of Halston. Yeah, that, that yeah. totally okay. goes with her aesthetic. But it's interesting that he has a similar vibe going on kind and of. also worked for MS to start off. Yeah, but I think Cavalli was always a bit louder with his prints. Yeah. And some people really didn't like that. They thought like, oh, it's kind of trashy-ish. But a lot of people do like it too. I will say it's not my style. It's kind of like Versace. Versace is a very polarizing yes. sort of thing. And even it can be a bit loud even for me at times. Yeah. But I think that when you mix and match, you're you're riding a fine line. And I if you love it, then I say wear it because sure. clothes are meant to be enjoyed. And it's an art form. It is. And he's yeah, he's talked about I watched a little interview with him about like when you wake up in the morning and you decide to get dressed. 
Coast. And he's like, what will make me feel like beautiful and sexy? But with like a thick Italian accent. It's really charming and cute. Yes. That's Um, exactly what I think about when I get up in the morning and I'm like, what will be quick to put on my body so I can leave the house and be acceptably covered? I don't know. Even during pandemic, I mean, I've backed off a little bit from the way I used to be. But even during quarantine, I'm by myself and I'm battling my like isolation and depression by dressing up in finery and sitting around. I'm just watching TV and drinking wine straight from the bottle. But it made me it made me feel fancy. It makes you feel good. Yeah. Yeah, I I will say like I do feel a difference like when I put effort into my health. (laughs) The bar is very low. Yeah. So he opened his first store, his Cavalli store in 72 in St. Tropez on the French Riviera. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was expecting it to be an Italian thing, but. No, I think he kind of learned that like his look goes really where for kind of like the resort. That Riviera lifestyle. Yeah. That like European. Totally yes. Yeah. Yes. Like vacation kind of look yeah. is like his. Plus, if he niche. was working for Hermes, he probably had sense. been in France. Right. A lot. Yep. So that's and what so he did. At that point, he was in his early to mid 20s. No, he was in his early 30s at okay. that point. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about his personal life for a second. He did get married fairly young. He was in his mid-20s, and he married a woman that he described as a very nice, very, like, sweet Italian girl. Okay. They were married for 10 years. They had two children together. Okay. They divorced. And then he married a woman named Eva Duringer. Ooh. She was, sounds dangerous. She was the former Miss Austria. Love it. Yeah. That's and she was in, like, a Miss world contest or something where he was a judge in 77 of course and that's how they met oh, they that, there's something like endearing but also a little creepy a little creepy a little, problematic little, 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 yeah. she was 18 Ooh. he was 37 okay yeah okay yeah they did get married a few years later though so i guess she's out of her teens so good <laughs> when they got married but they've been married okay. ever since yeah well 1980 that's, to that's now so that's 41 years. That's a good stretch of time. That makes it totally fine. It's just like Celine Dion. Don't get into that. That's creepy and you know it. It's it's totally fine. One day when we find a wine that Celine makes, (laughs) we will dig deep into her life. Oh, it's going to be one of those things that I just don't want to talk about because I love her so much. I I just want to pretend like it never happened. I know. But he and his wife, Eva, have three children together. Okay. so And his son, Danielle, is also in fashion. He has other kids, too. I think maybe you're thinking of his... Son Tommaso, yeah, Tommaso, because he's, he's, on, the, the he's on the wine bottle. So was he from the first marriage? First or? marriage, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. and he has a daughter named Rachel. Does he or Rachelle? I guess Rachelle. Yeah, but it's Rachel. Really, we know that. Yeah, I could see you. Like, I think that when we go to Italy, you should tell people that your name is Rachelle. Rachelle Cavalli. Yeah. Well, it's me, Rochelle Cavalli. That's exactly yes. And they'll be like, you blend in so perfectly. Here exactly. You go. Yeah. You're like, more spaghetti. Exactly. Where's the pizza pie? <laughs> so this is why I'm fine with you and Fact Checker going off and doing your own thing while I go we to We will have delightful, show. whimsical adventures. We are going to win over the populace of Italy one town at a time. I, yes. You believe it. I think that's a really interesting theory to posit. Okay. Did I tell you about the time when I was in Venice and I got yelled at by a woman in a bakery? No. What did you do to her? I didn't do anything. First of all, I didn't do anything to her. 
They had some like bread out on the shelves and I was like going to get one to you like You don't touch it. it yourself. Well, I learned that because she yelled at me in Italian. Yeah, girl. And I was you like, point and you, they hand it to you. Even in like clothing shops, you, unless it's like a thrift shop or well, something. Well, they shouldn't let it be so close for you to touch. That's their flaw. Oh, it was, it was asking for yes. it? <laughs> that bread was asking for, it was delicious though. I did eat oh, it later. Yeah. Had, like olives baked into oh, it. Oh yeah. It was so good. Man. But I was a little sad about it. <laughs> I was like, she yelled at me, but it's good bread. How old were you at the time? 20. Okay. Yeah. I was not a child. That's No, I mean, that's, but still. Yeah. My first trip out of the country was when I went to. Oh, this was not my first time out of the country. I was trying so hard I know to work you this were. out for you. No. Mm-mm. I appreciate the honesty. I've been very well traveled at that point, And I was just, I'm sorry. You go into a store, things are at eye and hands level. Am I not supposed to touch Now, you? I'm just getting this picture of Rachel walking into this beautiful little, I don't know what the Italian word for it would be, but basically patisserie yeah. or whatever. And just being like, bread. <laughs> la, 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 la. I'm just like touch and lick just everything. like licking her hand and then like touching all of yep. that. Okay. So maybe I was in the wrong then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I miss Italy. Mm-hmm. I miss it so much. I think we really need to get a GoFundMe. Yeah, mm-hmm. we should Going we should get us. on that. Yep. All right. Are you ready? Oh, are we cross-examining yep. already? And then we'll go back and talk about Cavalli's fashions later. Okay. Do Fill you need me, me top up? Yeah, because okay. we know how this is going to go. All right. Because I, I literally know nothing about this man. This will be a delight for me then. Yes. Whereas I now know everything. Okay. So I think you've been having it a bit too easy. <gasps> what? So this is going to be a fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. Okay. And if you're close enough, I might decide to reward you with a win. Oh, wow. Okay. So we talked about his family. Mm-hmm. His mom was a tailor. Okay. So kind of like maybe a little early fashion Like of the, the James Taylor mm-hmm. tailors? Yep. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And his dad was a blank. Dead person. Well, that was not his occupation. <laughs> we don't know how he got paid. Okay, so grandfather was an artist. That's his mother's father, by the way. Okay, his okay. Yeah. He, his father was a stone cutter. He was a mine surveyor. Oh, I was very you close, were close there. I'm going to give it to you. Thank you. I'm going to give it to you. I'll be generous this first one. Okay. That was, okay, that was really close. I was just I thinking know. like craftsman. Blue collar worker. Yeah, you got it. So I think his mom's side is the artsy side. Yeah. And then father was just salt of the earth. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why I did the Italian you're, hand you're gesture with Italian that. Hands. Yeah. Salt of the earth. You're getting a little racist here. Let's take away a point. Oh, no. <laughs> All right. Next one. One of the first celebrities to wear his clothes was blank. Ooh. I will give you a hint. It's a French person. Okay. 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 So it was it's a early woman. Seven, yeah, so well, I, I got that because I'm sure he didn't start menswear until later. Okay, well, fine then. I'm sorry, I, I didn't mean that to be, so, I didn't mean to be so aggressive. And this was early 70s that he started off, right? Like 60s, 70s. Okay. I think. Okay. I think Fact Checker might know. So I can never, I well, Sophia Loren was actually Italian. She yep. wasn't French. Mm-mm. I'm trying to think of my French actresses from back then. Mm-hmm. And I, I can picture one, but I can't think of her name. Describe her. She had beautiful lips. Okay. 
hair that was luxurious and usually piled high on the top of her head with like the little part of it that was coming down in the back. Okay. What else? Uh, Brigitte Bardot. Yes. Yes. Oh my God. Topher, you got it. I was like, is that who you're describing? I could see her face and I was just like, oh, I couldn't think of anything she'd been in either. She's been in fucking everything. And most of them I haven't seen because they're French films. Well, congrats. You got it. All right. He is most often compared to blank in terms of designers. Uh, Like currently? No, just like frequently. Okay. I mean, I definitely see the silhouette comparison Mm -hmm. to Halston. Okay. Pattern and textile is very similar to Versace, though. Okay. So I don't know which one, but then his menswear is very Prada. Oh, we got to pick one. I'm going to give you a countdown from three. Okay. Two, one. Modern day Versace in the beginning, Halston. Okay, I'm going to give you zero points because you had to pick one (sighs) and it was Versace. Okay. Yeah. That was my first one. Okay. Can I get a half point? Sure, half point. Thank you. Yeah, remember that JLo jungle print yes. dress? Because that really and not that, that it put Versace on the map, but it but made it, like, everyone start. But talking. in my mind, like when I was researching Cavalli, I was like, was it a Cavalli? Dress? That's fair. And I was like, no, it's Versace. And I was like, yeah, okay, it's Versace. But that's fair. Yeah, I think they're the two that like I kind of mix up when I think of mm-hmm. like celebrity outfits, mm-hmm. and it's usually Versace that I have in mind. Yeah. Okay. But it's interesting because his menswear is so different from the way that Versace does menswear. A lot of times his menswear to me is a complete departure from his women's wear, unless okay. you start looking at the way that he's making textile out of leather. But it's much more structured military. Okay. And then he'll pair that with like the shirt that I'm wearing, like which is flowy. like a silky, flowy sort of. Yeah. And just to pause it, you are wearing a silky, flowy cheetah, cheetah print, print yeah. with and- a... Cheetah print yeah. scarf. Mm-hmm. And it had a cheetah print shoe. Yeah. With that earlier. And lots of jewelry. Yeah. Why are you saying, yeah, like you're disappointed in yourself? No, I'm not. I'm very proud of myself. Okay. I think I look amazing. I think you I'm do also too. Wearing leather pants. You're like, yeah. Yeah, because this is who I am. Okay. This is part of the course. Well, well done. Thank you. Okay. Who owes me money now? Well, I was going to give you a point, but now I'm not. So <laughs> take it away for sassiness. Okay. He had a clothing item, specifically a dress. Okay. That was a plot point on a show. Hmm. The show was blank. When the character told her boyfriend, the character and the, her boyfriend were moving in together. She was cleaning out her closet to make room for him. She told her boyfriend after like tossing this dress to the side, it's Roberto Cavalli. I threw it out and I love it. What more do you want? That is totally Carrie Bradshaw from Sex and the City. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Who was the boyfriend? Uh, It was Aiden. Yes. Bonus point. She wouldn't have had to do it if it was big. Oh, I know, because he could afford a closet. Yeah. Also, he would appreciate expensive vintage fashion. Yeah. All right. Oh, God. Aiden, she was... Okay, I know that she treated him like trash. She did. However, she did throw out a Cavalli for him. And she's boring, too. I'm not a fan of Carrie. Sarah Jessica Parker, I like you. I don't oh, like that Oh, Sarah character. Jessica Parker, you can do no wrong. Okay. She did a good job of playing that character, though, mm-hmm. because it's difficult for you to love an actress, but then hate the character that she plays yes. so much. Yes. Will I be watching the new reboot? 100%. Yes. Oh, I saw a picture of it. Miranda has, like, all gray hair. 
The red is gone. I love that. But she looks so old, but they they kept Carrie like with her signature dark blondish hair. Does she look old? No, That's but the white hair ages her and they dressed her so frumpily. Oh no. I was see, I was hoping that yeah. it was gonna be more of like a Blythe Danner meets Miranda Priestley sort of moment. Yeah, no. Cause what's her name? Cynthia Nixon? Yes. I can totally see her rocking white a hair. beautiful yes. chic white hair with some gorgeous clothes. And oh, her fashion sure. got so much better. In yes, the last really half did. of the show. Really done, yeah. That's disappointing. They did her dirty in that one still that I saw. I know, we don't know. Maybe media. she's like getting over a breakup or like something. Well, Steve was in the still too. That so is, hopefully well, they're together and happy. I hope so. Because I really liked them as a couple. They balanced each other out. They did. This has nothing to do with Cavalli. No, let's get back to Cavalli. <laughs> All right. So Roberta Cavalli has an offshoot brand called Just Cavalli. Solo Cavalli. Mm-hmm. That is the name of his sportswear Ugh. and jeans line, as well as the Ugh. name of blank. Solo Cavalli. It's called Just Cavalli. It's in English. Solo Cavalli. Okay. Sportswear, jeans, jeans. and blank. And I really don't think you're going to get this one at all. Fly fishing vests. No, I'll let you is guess Is that again. sportswear? That's technically sportswear. I will say this thing is not related to sportswear or jeans whatsoever. Interesting. Yeah. Baby onesies. No. But what a sexy little baby that would be. <laughs> An animal print. Yes. <laughs> a flowy animal print a baby flowy, onesie. yeah. It has a cape. I mean, I would dress my baby in that. You, you know would dress would. your baby in a cape. Honestly, the only reason I would ever even consider having a child. I was about to say, you in fact are need to have a baby just so you can put capes on it. Yeah, basically it would be like, <laughs> as long as you are the size of an American Girl doll, you're in just good with me. Grow. But yeah, once you once you start having opinions no, and like. We're done. Yeah. Also, there will be a nanny. I'm playing with you like for maybe an hour per day and dressing and you up Then you hand the baby things. off to the nanny. 100%. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think that's reasonable. What's the name of this thing? It has nothing to do with clothing whatsoever. Oh, uh, sunglasses? No, he does have sunglasses, but no, that's not the name of it. All right, I'm going to say you're wrong. Go ahead and take okay. a drink. Well, I am wrong. I'm going to tell you what it is. It's the name of a restaurant in Milan called in Just Milan? Cavalli. Yes. Oh, and it's part of that. Oh, that's yes. weird. Yeah, why would you do that? I never would have gotten why that. Why would you pair? I know. Why would you pair those three things together? Like That's one so of these strange. things is not like the other. It's the restaurant in Milan that does. Does the fit. restaurant in Milan have a gift shop that you have to exit through where you buy your sportswear and your jeans? I hope so. What's oh my god! Is the uniform for the servers <gasps> sportswear and jeans? <laughs> but Cavalli's but sportswear Cavalli. and jeans. We'll talk about his jeans after the cross examination. Okay, I've got two more questions okay. for you on our cross examination. In two thousand and three, he was indicted in Italy for blank. Indicted. Yep. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Drunk driving. Nope. I'll give you another guess. What was the year again? 2003. Okay, so that's not too long ago. He was mm-hmm. still a, he was like 63 at the time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. One more over. He punched someone. Nope. Tax fraud. Oh, I should have, yeah. I should have said that. That's a typical rich person thing. Yeah, and apparently it's fairly common in Italy, too, for rich people to commit tax fraud. Maybe they should make their tax process easier to navigate. Or maybe be honest and pay your taxes. Maybe they were trying and they were just like, I don't know. Oh, he was trying so hard. Mamma mia. My calculator. Who's racist now? You. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Final question. And this is just a complete delight. He and his wife, Eva, own a blank factory. A blank factory. Yeah. What kind of factory do they own? 
I want to say Legos, but I'm not going to. Those are Danish? Yeah, but he could maybe have an Italian Lego factory as a like, subsidiary or something. Okay. <sighs> hmm. You said it's so cute. Is it a pet food factory? Nope. Is Why would a- that be cute? Because you're like maybe he has designer pet food that's really sweet. Is it a glue factory? <laughs> okay, you went on the pet food tangent. I know where your mind went. I have no idea. There's no slaughtering of horses involved. You said it was really cute. Yeah, it's a it's a Valentine's Day card. Oh, that'd be adorable. It's a chocolate factory. Oh, that is cute. And yeah. they've got the winery. Yes. Man, that's a solid business move, right? There. All right. So, fact checker, how did he do? Ooh. No. Three and a half out of seven minus one for racism. Except I was also supposed to get an extra point for looking super fashionable. It's subtracted. I took it away because you were rude to me. That's, I hate Rachel rules. I hate it so much. Take a drink because I won. My God. I won the thing I created. What a surprise. So I got a 50%. Is that a, is that a pass? (sighs) No. Damn it. 50% is clearly a fail. You have to be 51 to pass. (sighs) Sorry, Jeffrey. Are you going to quiz me? Uh-oh. Do I need to fill up? You might. Bitch, you might. <laughs> All right, Trevor. God damn it. <clears throat> also, let me just say the neighbor's children are very loud today. They are. I, I apologize if you at home can hear that. I promise. It probably sounds, if they can hear it, like we have children locked somewhere in the other part of the house. That's our secret. Obviously, we don't. It also sounds like they are playing Squid Game. Oh my god, it does. We have not locked people in our basement playing Squid Game. We don't have the money for that. We don't we don't have the we money have for a budget. basement. <laughs> That's true. I do not have a basement, so accurate. All right. All right. So I thought this was very interesting. Okay. Chianti mm-hmm. also is endearingly known by another name because of all of the British people, the posh British people who have moved there. Do you okay. know about this? Chianti? Or they, do they just say it Chianti, like in Silence of the Lambs? Is this region... I think I get a point. Is this region known to them? Get a preemptive point. Thank you. Fact checker's writing it down. Thanks. Okay, go on. Don't let me stop you. So you know how different <laughs> cities have Little Italy? And, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So is this area known as... Oh, this is multiple choice? Yes. Okay. Little Britain? Mm-hmm. Like the TV show? Yes. Okay. Which I love. Chianti, sure. Adorable. Or Chianti upon Avon. <gasps> Chianti upon Avon. Wrong. Drink up. Oh, fuck you. What was it? It is Chianti Shire. Oh, that was my next guest. Um, guess. Not guest. Your next guest is the entire region Come on in, guys. Oh, my God. Um, by the way, you owe me money for their airfare and lodging. It was not cheap. Not cheap. So, yeah, it's an area of Tuscany where posh upper crust Brits buy homes and they vacation there. Can we just go there and pretend to be British? You do a spot on British accent. So, I I do. (laughs) I love your hand gestures today, too. They really help with my accent. It's part of the character. Yeah, it's a very method sort of. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, your next question is a fill in the blank. Okay. Oh. It became popular in the mid-90s when Blank chose it as his preferred summer retreat. Can I get a hint? No. Nationality? Well, we're talking about British people moving to Chianti. Okay, we're still talking about British people. God damn it. It's British. called Chianti Shire. 
I didn't know we were selling the British thing. No, it's a it's a haven for a Chinese businessmen. It could be. In Chianti You Shire. don't know. You don't know, Topher. I do. I did my research. Did you go to Chianti Share? Actually, yes. All right. Mid-90s, Prince Charles. Ooh, that's a good guess. And you're close, but no cigar. Prime Minister Tony Blair. Oh, okay. Good for you, Tony Blair. Yeah. All right, I'll take a sip. Fine. Notable residents include... Roberto Cavalli. I'm going to need you to give me three non-Italians. Are these still British people? They can be, but they can also <laughs> not be. So that, that really widens sometimes your... Sometimes they are, sometimes they're not. It depends on the day. No, there's lots of different celebrities who okay, live Okay, well, Sting lives... He has the home in Tuscany. I'm going to say yeah. Sting. Okay, so that's one. We have to... I'm not talking to Siri. Excuse you. She likes to listen in, and that's really fucking nosy sometimes. It her. is, I know. I'm going to say Diane Lane. Okay. Because of it's, the movie. That's a reasonable... And... Willem Dafoe. Oh. Because I could see him just being in his in his groove there. And we just recently talked about Willem Dafoe. All right. Well, you get a third of a point. Okay. Because Sting is correct. I just want to note how generous I am that I even included Sting in that list, knowing that you would get something right. Okay. Shockingly, Diane Lane does not have a home in Tuscany. She and I, should. She should. I feel like that's false advertising on her part. Honestly, it is. So the most notable currently are Sting Antonio Banderas. Oh. And do you think I wouldn't show up drunk at his house and swim naked in his pool? Oh, we are doing that for sure. We are so doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Melanie Griffith doesn't have to be involved in it. Well, they're not together. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they split. Well, good. I'm glad that she wasn't a requirement. (laughs) Didn't know you hated her so much. I don't don't hate her. I just think her face is weird. Well, she had the plastic surgery. Yeah, it's not good. Oh, and then Richard Gere. Oh, Okay. Who, like, I'm always on the fence about. Yeah. Right? Like, he seems like an asshole, he seems, but he's but, been in some good films. Yeah. And he could totally not be an asshole. He just no, gives that that's vibe. that's just the vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there are other actors who definitely have given me asshole vibes, and then it turns out that they are totally not. We had that discussion earlier. I know. Yeah. So this is another fill in the blank. God damn. Okay. The, it's not fun having the tables turned on you. Oh... Thank you for your sympathy. I think I should get a point. You do not. Fact checker. Because you could not pick up on you could not pick up on sarcasm. Fact checker. Foreign and Commonwealth offices of Great Britain. This is okay. This is a British person quiz. You fooled me, sir. Esti- oh, you've never fooled me in one of your quizzes. No, there's no evidence. To also, prove. I didn't fool you. The entire thing was about. British people. You did not start off that way. I did. And Antonio Banderas is not British. Sting is. Okay. And I also specified that he did not have to be British. (sighs) Fine. Foreign and Commonwealth offices estimate around blank Britons living in Italy. At least 10. Can you narrow? I said at least. I will give it to you within a 10,000 person margin. Okay. Just living in Tuscany? In in Italy. In Italy. I have no idea what the population of Italy is. I'm not good with numbers. It is more than 10. Well, I said at least. It is larger than a chicken. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I'm not comparing like the average height of an Italian to a bird, so. Or the size of the country to a bird. (sighs) All right. I'm going to say there are one million. 
no, it's too much. One, is it? two, 500,000 British people. Oh, you are so off. God damn you, Topher. It's 30,000. Oh, well, that's dumb. Yeah. Move to Britain while you still can, English people. Oh, no, wrong what? way. What? Move to- <laughs> <laughs> British people, move to Italy while you still can. Yeah, well, it's very difficult these days to to move to Italy. Britain's like, we don't want the EU. So how did she do on that uh, quiz, fact checker? Better than Topher. 0.3 out of 4. Wow. You know what, fact checker? You're fired. (laughs) You're fired. Because he can count? Because he can check facts? He only is allowed to check facts when they're in my favor. (laughs) Well, I thought we knew this going into this. Uh, sorry. Are you? No. Okay. I feel really good about myself right now. Fine. You win that one. Yes. <sighs> All right. What's next? Well, let's talk about Roberto Cavalli's fashion. Yes. So one of the first things he got really well known for, like widespread acclaim, was sandblasted jeans okay. in 1994. Wow. Okay. Sand. Blasted I mean, I've jeans. heard of sandblasted jeans. That's how yeah. it was like the precursor to the acid wash, right? Well, acid wash was before, but I oh, think okay. sandblasted was like a little bit more of like a refined kind of take on it. Yeah. It does very much have like the worn in certain places kind right. of look to it, but better stylistically than acid wash, I'd say. It's funny because I had seen something that's like randomly came up with this documentary I was watching about Italian fashion. Mm-hmm. I think it was on HBO. I'll let you know what the name of it was. But they were showing some clips from like 2005 to about 2010 mm-hmm. of these different Italian and French fashion houses. And he came up very briefly. It was mostly focused on like Prada and Gucci and Versace. Mm-hmm. But he came up briefly and much like those other fashion designers, they had the whole like Super low cut, low rise, mm-hmm. hip hugging jeans for both men and women. And I swear to God, if you moved wrong in those. Mm-hmm. Something's coming out. Something is coming out. How was that ever a thing? How did they stay up also? You had to have just cut you off the circulation with the belt. Yeah. Were like so skinny that like your hip bones just kept them up. But their hip bones were displayed above the. Well, maybe the point wasn't to keep them up. Maybe. Mm. Maybe. Mm. And the low rise is coming back, by the way. Really? Yeah. The low rise and like the flare, like boot cut. It wasn't great the first time. I did own several of them. Yeah, I did. I did too. I remember in college, I got like designer jeans from like seven from mankind. And I was like, oh, look at me. And those are like my nice mm-hmm. jeans that I wore a handful of times yeah. like these are ridiculous my belly fat keeps pushing them down like you're always like hiking them up and it's not a cute look yeah and if you bend over like your butt cracks for the whole world to see yeah it's not a look that looks good on a lot of people mine was diesel jeans okay. and i remember at one point i don't even know how i would have funded this but i ended up paying six hundred dollars <gasps> for oh my two god pairs of jeans and this is like when I'm in college, right? <gasps> Did you steal money? No, I didn't steal money. I Did wouldn't even know where jeans? to steal it from. I wish. But yeah, I got basically 
the same pair of jeans just in two different washes mm-hmm. like a lighter and then a, like Dark, a darker yeah. yeah and i was so proud of those things i just tried to wear them everywhere and in fairness they were very soft they fit me decently they were one of the few places that actually had such a small size in jean because i was mm-hmm. a very very skinny person <laughs> which looking back i'm like oh i finally found a store that doesn't discriminate against my size and in reality it's like oh you discriminate against everybody who's not my size. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that was my thing. So he had a very early fashion show. It was actually one of his first fashion shows mm-hmm. that is very notorious. Are you aware of this? No, tell me. So have you heard of a place called the Palazzo Pitti or Pitti Palace? Sounds familiar. It's in Florence okay. um, across the Arno River. Okay. So if you go across, what is the, Pon- the Ponte? Ponte Vecchia? Yeah. yeah. Or is that? Yeah, no, that's, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think. Uh, but it's, anyway, the, it's, it's a the bridge. bridge that has like all of the stores built right, onto right, right. it. Right, right, right. The like really cool bridge. It's like yeah. a medieval, yeah. Yeah. So if you go across that, there's a giant palace that is the Palace of the Medicis when they were mm-hmm. ruling Florence. And it's a beautiful place to go through and see just the incredible architecture and interiors. Mm-hmm. But the gardens are amazing. And keep in mind, we were there during Christmas time. We went to a Christmas market earlier in the day and had mm-hmm. like mold wine and shit like that we could see our breath mm-hmm. we were wearing coats this garden was in fucking full bloom i don't understand what hmm. was happening in italy i've never been somewhere where like every city we went to there were just flowers blooming in these window boxes in the middle of fucking december hmm. it was so bizarre but wonderful mm-hmm. so the back of it you know they've got kind of that courtyard situation and then there's a giant hill that mm-hmm. goes up. It stretches for like forever. And there's steps that go up and fountains along the way. And then at the very top, there's a giant fountain on either end. He had a fashion show there. They mm. do their fashion week. There mm-hmm. a lot. And is this a picture of it? Okay. So what he did not realize, well, or he actually he kind of did. But it was that all of the women, he felt like something was missing from the look. Mm -hmm. And so he told all of the models that had showed up that, hey, I don't, the bras didn't come in for you guys that you're supposed to wear. Mm -hmm. So he didn't let them wear bras. And when the lights shone down on them. It was all see-through. It was all see-through. Yeah. And he got so much scandal and flack for that. The models were actually fine with it. And his thing that he said afterwards was... What? They had great tits. Who's going to fault them for that? And so it became this thing of like, he was one of the first ones to really push those boundaries for a runway show in a way that challenged the censors and all of that, which I I think is really interesting. I feel like that's so common now to just be like, yeah, there's a little nudity. Like you're mixing like high art and fashion and things like that. So it's not like an everyday look, obviously. Well, and we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. So, There's an Italian designer recently, it was within the last like two to three years, and I can't remember who it was, unfortunately, but literally their male models were completely nude, penis flopping out, Mm -hmm. balls, but they were wearing outerwear. And so they'd have this amazing coat on, but then no clothes Mm -hmm. underneath. So it was like completely nude. And it's such an interesting way to look at things because everyone was scandalized by it, but it's like, well, what they're saying is don't. They didn't want to draw attention to other things. Okay, but here. they could have done underwear. Like, I, yeah, 
you could have done under. Why? I, I get that, but also like don't sexualize people's bodies unless don't you're in sexualize a sexual, genitalia. Well, That's unless you're, you're in a, unless you're in a sexual situation, honestly, I mean, there's much more to genitalia okay, than how just sexuality. If that like one male model just got like a boner and like he couldn't make it, a, a couple that, of them did. Oh, that those poor guys. They didn't seem bothered by it. I'm just saying. Okay, well, I'm bothered on their behalf because that's well, embarrassing. I'm sorry that you're prudish. Thank you. <laughs> Fourth compliment. One more, and I get my money from you. Fill me up. Okay. And cheers me. Yeah, I forced you into cheersing me. No, but I had a friend ask me about that a couple of years ago. Sort of the like, I don't understand these belchy wine again. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't understand it's these the fashions. And like all of the crazy stuff that they do on the runway for these shows, where are you going to wear that? My first thing is, where the fuck do you want to? Well, and it's not but meant to. It's, it's not meant to be. It's an I, art show. Right. And then what they're doing is they're taking the elements of that color, pattern, things like that. And, and turning then it into you turn more it into like day to day wear. Exactly. I, I, yeah, I agree with you on that. I view like a fashion show as more of an art gallery mm-hmm. or performance art kind exactly. of thing. Yeah. Very few people, I think, take it directly from the runway to wearing. And if it is, it's like for an event. Yeah. It's not like I'm just going back to the You're going to like the Met Gala or exactly. some other thing. Right. Like that, it's or supposed to be over the or, top. Or, yeah. Right. Which is, I think, one of the really fun things about fashion. We mentioned this earlier. Yeah. It's a, you are expressing part of your personality, part of your artistic aesthetic Mm -hmm. in order to really highlight these different things that you want to highlight. And I love that. You know, for me, it's always bigger is better. And I'm fine with doing subtle as well, but. You, you like a show stopping look and a piece of jewelry. Yeah. You do. Well, Roberto Cavalli did get into a little bit of trouble in 2004. Was it tax fraud again? Nope. This is after the fraud. Was it all the boners on the runway? He didn't do the boners on the runway. I mean, well, not that we know of. Not that we know of. They could have been hidden boners this whole time. We would not know. No, he had some underwear come out that he was selling in Harrods in London. It's so like okay. a very upscale yeah. department store. Like their version of Bergdorf Goodman. Right, exactly. Of, yeah. And on the underwear, though, he had patterns of Hindu goddesses. Oh. On them. Is this. And people got offended. They're like, you're being insensitive toward our religion. Because it was on. Underwear. Underwear that's covering genitalia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, and to somebody can't... who's like not from that culture. Right. Religious belief. Taking right. these images and using it to make money off of. Yeah. I can't speak to the artistic nature of that because I'm not part of that culture. Sure. And I can definitely see because I don't really know the ins and outs of Sure. with the Hindu religion what's okay and what's not for them as they like have imagery of their deities. But I can totally see if someone from that religion who does know is telling you, hey, you crossed a line Stop, here. Yeah. That's when you need to listen to them. Did he listen? In in fairness, yeah, he does. That's what it looked like. So it's very scandalous underwear. Honestly, it's not even really aesthetically pleasing. No, it's it not. It looks like really cheap cute. Panama City bikini. It does look like something you would order off of like Shein or Amazon and like yeah, it costs like eight bucks. Yeah. It's not all done. Like from Wish. Yes, exactly. Yeah. To his credit, he did apologize and like removed it. He's like, sorry, and like took it away. Which I think, okay, that's an upstanding move. But yeah. so like have a little bit more awareness too of what you're doing. 
Okay, yeah. So the butt one is like a goddess right square in the middle of the butt. The underwear is very high cut, so there's a lot of butt cheek. And the sides are like three separate or four separate like straps. straps, Yeah. Yeah. Um, It is supposed to be like super sexy underwear. I do think that it's interesting that it looks as though he was using. Well, I don't know if they're actually Indian or Pakistani or if they're Brazilian, but he tried to use darker skin models. models. Yeah. I think that that was at least a step in the right direction. I'm not saying. Well, I'm not. No. Topher. I'm not saying that it fixes anything, but it's better than having a bunch of super, super p- pale blonde yeah. models doing that. It's well, yeah, I mean, I'm just saying that maybe maybe his thought process with having darker skinned models coupled with the fact that he didn't put up a fight. And when he got pushback immediately, hold things. Maybe that's him being like, oh, I didn't think this through. Yeah, I think, but I was trying to do something that was at least somewhat respectful. Maybe, but also to like, don't be a white person and just like, that's a cool image. I'm going to put on someone's crotch and make money off of it. I can't do that. No, I mean, you can and you probably will make money, but should you? Should you? But I wanted to have some custom underwear for you that had Mario and Princess Peach. Oh, I will accept that from you. Thank you. (laughs) And that little monster thing that comes out of the pipe. And goes, um, rom, rom, Is that rom. a metaphor for a vagina? Yes. Okay. That's how Got vaginas it. work. Yep. I am well aware. They come out of pipes and they do rah, 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 rah. Yes. Mm-hmm. They get very hungry. That's how heterosexual wanna, sex works. They want to eat Mario. Is that what you call penises? Yes. Okay. What's the princess peach a butt? Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, peach emoji. Duh. Yeah. It all tracks. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so that was a little, like a little bit of the scandal. So like he had that in the tax rod. I'm like, those are the really only scandalous things he's had in his life. Well, good for him. Yeah. I um, would like to know what happened to his first wife. Like, is she There's not doing a lot well? of info on her. Well, it doesn't sound like she was somebody who really wanted to have this glamorous. Well, he did lifestyle. say like her family wanted her to marry like a doctor or lawyer I guess more of a traditional kind of like. She wanted a traditional life. Yeah. Yeah, And that really wasn't him. But it seems like, okay, they had a 10 year long marriage, which is a decent amount. And then they split and he seems to be on good terms with his children from that marriage. I can't think that during that time period, she was very happy given what it just kind of how she's described, because you know that during the 60s and 70s, as he's rising to fame, he's like. Definitely doing all of the cocaine and having all <gasps> of the crazy parties. Allegedly. Listen, this was this was Italy during the 60s and 70s. He was just drinking wine and eating calamari to her. I'm just saying. <laughs> Anybody just, who's seen the documentary Halston on Netflix Or Halsey, knows, as you call or it. Or Halsey. <laughs> Whatever you want to call it. Yeah, but some fun facts about Roberto Cavalli. Okay. You know he loves a good zebra print. Yes. His helicopter and yacht both have zebra print seats in them. Jesus. And he flies his own helicopter. Oh, that's actually kind of cool. Yeah, isn't that? But with zebra print seats. I mean, I kind of love it. Do you? Yeah, I kind of. Well, like, not zebra skin. No, zebra print. print. Okay, yeah, I'm totally fine with that. Yeah, he did not kill a zebra. Well, I had to ask. He's not a monster. Well, I had to ask. (laughs) Although, if you had a chance to kill a zebra, would you? No. Okay. Oh my God, no. You sure? Yes. Totally sure. 
No, I would not kill a zebra. Even if he's going to kill you? I mean, if it was self-defense. He had a knife in his hoof. If he... He is coming for you. Came, I would probably try and talk him down from the situation, honestly. He's high just, on PCP. There's no talking him down. Oh, God. It's your him, Topher. You've put me in an impossible situation. How far away are the cops? Too far. Oh, no. <laughs> what if I just play dead? No, that's bears. Yep, not zebras. Doesn't work with murderous high zebras with <laughs> knives. Can I throw a sack over its head? That works with some animals. That's not stopping the hoof with the knife. But he can't see me anymore. He's just going to stab away. <laughs> this is a very I really very just want to get you on situation. record that you're going to murder zebra. I would no not murder a zebra. So I do Fine. have questions for you based okay. on what you just said. And, and the fact that like he is... On zebra murder? Yes. <laughs> I have... Questions, Rachel. Okay, fine. And I think that that's legit. I guess. It sounds as though he did not obviously come from money. He Um, no, I don't think he did. He grew up I think like kind of a working class. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Poor. I wouldn't I wouldn't classify his family as poor, but not privileged. But also if his father was very blue collar and died when he was well, his father early. was the surveyor of the mine. Okay, so, so maybe there was at the least like a good... He's like, yep, that's the hole. Mine things out of it. See, you get straight um, sex. I, yeah, I get it. I know how it works. I've definitely had it. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we all have. Yes. At some point. We all know the penis goes in the vagina. Yeah. We know how this works. It's called a clitoris, but yes. Okay, that's where it goes. Yeah, yeah you have to right. penetrate it. Yep. Oh no! Oh no! no I know that made me, me uncomfortable. I'm, I'm so really sorry. Like, I'm so like sorry. Clenching my legs together <laughs> at that thought. Like no, no, no. I apologize. No, but he. So sorry. he didn't grow up with, but a lot of wealth. No. And so what's interesting to me is that they've owned this estate mm-hmm. since the early '70s, mm-hmm. and it makes me wonder. Drug money, yes. No. Okay. But how, so if you go online and you see it now, it is beautiful. I mean, this thing is for rich people. It's for people who have yachts and helicopters helicopters with zebra print. Yeah. So it's been around for 50 years now. I'm assuming that maybe it wasn't in as good condition when he first bought it. Unless his early success was just instant and massive. And that doesn't feel quite... I don't know because... Well, okay. So let's clarify a couple of things. So he had success in Europe. Right. Before he had success in America. Right. He really took off in America in like the 90s when celebrities like J-Lo started wearing his designs. That was Mm -hmm. more like mid to late 90s. But he had been established in Europe for a while. Now, he did take a little bit of like a dip in the 80s. When, like, these over-the-top animal prints and florals went out of style and things were more into, like, the monochromatic Mm -hmm. kind of look. But he, very sweetly, has credited his wife for helping him continue with fashion design and, like, pushing through that slump that he had. That's great. So, like, the 94, like, the sandblasted jeans, like, that kind of, like, pushed him back into prominence. He's also credited with inventing stretch jeans by putting lycra into jeans thank you i appreciate that as somebody who needs a little stretch in her pants i appreciate it i exclusively i don't care what the fashion is i exclusively wear skinny jeans because it looks you're an old millennial yeah i don't give a shit yep and i really appreciate his contributions to that you need to move you need to be able to like bend your legs and walk yeah 100 so you need some lycra in there yeah so his estate is mm-hmm. called Tenuta degli Dei. Tenuta means estate okay. in Italian. Mm-hmm. 
he doesn't just do wine on the estate. He also is a horse breeder. Yep. Which I thought was really interesting. And that's yeah. a very long-standing Tuscan tradition. Yeah. So the estate embodying both wine and horse breeding is kind of the symbol of Tuscany. Mm. So I feel like there's like just so much hometown pride he for him. He is very proud of being from Tuscany. Yeah. And why not? I'd be proud if I were from Tuscany. Oh, yeah, for sure. But one of my favorite things about this that really, I mean, I didn't know anything about him personally, so I was hoping there wouldn't be any really horrific things (laughs) that you were going to say about him. Because this is so endearing. So the estate, the Degli Day, Mm -hmm. is named after his dog, whose familiar nickname was Lupo. Aww. But he was a German shepherd. Yes, he has talked about his German shepherd. Yes, whose full name on his pedigree was Dedone Degli Day. And I'm sure you probably really relate to that. Yes. But he said that by naming his estate the same, it would allow Lupo to live on through the spirit of the horses and the wines on the estate. How fucking sweet is that? It's really sweet. Like this entire estate and wine and everything yes it's a love letter to his dog not even his not his wife not his kids no fuck that it's It's his fucking dog dog. i identify with that so fucking strongly yes so it's really amazing he also he's got a commitment to hand picking every single grape and hand processing which is a labor intensive thing okay good for him and so i love that it makes me wonder if the people in this village if this is their main work. I was going to say, if they're being exploited. I hope not. Because <laughs> that's, well, that's an intense process, right? It is an intense process. But also, Italy and Tuscany, they have much higher standards. It's like labor for, law. Yeah, exactly. Okay. okay. Um, Find Europe showing us up again. And so this current vintage that we're drinking here, it was aged for two years before they bottled it Ooh. in 2016. And it was acclaimed for its silkiness Ooh. and its restraint. Okay, Which so I are you is... getting any silkiness or restraint from the taste? Let me see. Taste it. Honestly, mm-hmm. it's so tannic, which I love, mm-hmm. um, but it's so tannic that I'm not getting as much silkiness. I think that perhaps if you were to be doing a side-by-side comparison with other Super Tuscans, okay. that might be something that would be different. I do think that there's restraint, though, because even though it is highly okay. tannic, it's not... To me, abrasive. I think that it's a beautiful... It is. It's very tannic, and that's not my favorite thing. But I do see the restraint there. Because it doesn't... After that first taste, you're like, oh, and your mouth puckers. Mm -hmm. It chills out. Yeah. And again, it would be different with food also. Very true, because we are not eating Mm -hmm. it. Yeah, but I just love that he he did it for his dog. You're such a... (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm over here still thinking about the dog, just like agreeing with you. Yep, 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 yep. yep. Checks out, not eating it. (laughs) I mean, we're not eating food with it, but I stand behind we're not eating the swine. (laughs) I mean, we kind of are. Aren't we, though, when you think about it? Yeah. Isn't this our lunch every time we record? It's true. Yeah. I love our life. Um, Me too. But our life would be better if somebody paid for a trip to Tuscany. Yes. Just saying. Mm Mm-hmm. You can send us that money. So we actually went to Chianti specifically when okay. we were there and we did a a whole day of excursions and it was really great because it was a super small tour company mm-hmm. and it was the guy who owns it that was actually 
Sweet. Um, taking us around. And his his wife is American. Mm. She studied at Emory here in Atlanta. Oh, and she has family here still. connection. Yeah, exactly. So she can get us a free trip. Thank you. Thank you. Woman from Emory. But his whole thing was, I grew up in this area. I don't want to take you to the touristy places. Nice. That's always appreciated. Yeah. He basically, he wanted us to be able to experience Tuscany and Chianti the way that he grew up experiencing it. And it was just one other couple that was mm-hmm. on the trip with us. I think they were from Boston. So it was super, super small. We started out by going to this really amazing little medieval village that kind of like this village we're talking about here. It mm-hmm. only had, I think it was larger because I think it had like a hundred people that lived there, but it was a walled, medieval walled village. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've never seen such like old shit still being used. Mm-hmm. It was so cool. And we're walking around, looking at the architecture, looking at how you can tell the difference in the ages of things based on how the stone changes in the wall. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, this woman starts walking through towards us and she's like, you know, ciao and good morning and everything. She has a large Prada tote that Mm -hmm. she's carrying and she's taking envelopes out of it and slipping it into doors. She was the mail carrier. I was about to ask. She was delivering mail. She was the mail carrier and she was using a Prada tote to deliver the mail. Is that standard issue? Is it? For the post office? Should we go and get a job as the yeah. No, okay. I'm I'm with you on going. I'm against you on working. But if we just like worked for a week and then got to keep the Prada bag? A day? Can we compromise? Okay, let's say that. (laughs) Let's compromise and do just just like an afternoon. Like an hour. Yeah. We'll go through the orientation. Fair. Fair enough. Cheers. <laughs> Will we know what they're saying? Fuck no. no. Because we don't speak no. Italian and we refuse to learn. <laughs> no, it's like, ah, spaghetti. Like, ma'am, please. Yeah, ma'am, stop. this is in English because we are more multilingual than you are. <laughs> like, and more a mama me, a pizza pie. Like, yeah. you need to leave, ma'am. Yeah, and I will take are, all the bags with yeah, me. No like, more product bags for you. No, I'm sure that it was just because it's such a small little village. Like, whatever. She's just using her bag that works best, and it happened to be a Prada tote. But then after that, we went to um, this Etruscan ruin, and that was, you know, obviously before the Romans. Right. Um, And it's a mixture of kind of Greek and, like, uh, indigenous Italian Mm -hmm. uh, culture. And that was amazing. So we got to see these burial mounds and stuff that was just That's so, so cool. old. Yeah. yeah. And then we went to the vineyard of uh, his family friends that produce Aww. amazing Chianti and Sangiovese. We came back with so much shit. We were just like, yes, buy all of it. We bought their olive oil that they make there. Oh, I bet that was good. It was amazing. Yeah. But they also are one of the few places that has the vines that are pre-phylloxera, which we've talked about, mm-hmm. where, you know, this aphid came in and wiped everything out. Right. But it's because it's on a hilltop that's surrounded by forest. Mm. And so these bugs were, as they were ravaging the, the area, trying to get to this vineyard, they had to go through that forest where things they were eating them first. Yeah. And so it protected these vines that are... Tricked you, bugs. Like... 200 year old vines and they're so old at this point that their yield is very low and they've had to train the vines to grow like they come up but then they're on these trellises that make the branches go downward Mm -hmm. so that it's easier to get the sap and the nutrients to where the the grapes are going to actually grow and so we got to buy 
bottles of wine Ooh, from them. Nice. But we went there for lunch and it's the guy's grandmother that was making us lunch and mm. she wanted to do a traditional farmer's lunch for us. Mm-hmm. And so we were like, cool, that sounds great. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, Rachel. It was three courses of pasta. I'm in heaven. And then the final course was like a pasta. cake. But it was a savory cake. I've never mm. had anything like it. It used chestnut flour and it had like pine nuts and stuff in it mm-hmm. um, and rosemary. It was very savory. But the mm. whole thing was like, for the farmers, this is your major meal that you're having for the mm-hmm. day. And so you want to make sure that you're like carb loading up and getting oh, the energy yeah. and all that. And Oh, and also the wine. They're like still giving us wine and we're like, oh, the tasting. And they're like, no, this isn't the tasting. This is just, just what wine. you drink. Lunch when wine. You, yeah, lunch wine. Yeah. We're like, oh, my God, we've had like a bottle of wine a piece, a four course carb load. That handmade sounds pasta lunch. delightful. But how do you go out and then work for another like eight hours in the fields after that? I'm like, very I'm sloppily. Done. I am so done with everything. I need a hammock. Yeah. I'm like, that's nap time. Yeah. It's just amazing. It's such an incredible, fun culture and i loved the warmth that these people had and mm-hmm. this i mean the guy who's giving us the tour he's got his three-year-old son that he's carrying around and the three-year-old son is showing off by telling us the names of all the different grapes that they grow and how long they have to be fermented for and just like but what? was he wearing a cape he was not okay well he was not but he you're... had a really chic jacket on if that <laughs> helps okay that's a your imaginary baby Everyone there looked amazing. I also got to meet their really awesome dog. Okay. Everyone there has a dog. So it was pretty great. All right. So now that we're getting toward the end, Mm -hmm. what are we going to say our verdict is? Same time, different times? I say same time. Okay. Ready? Give us a little countdown. All right. Three, two, one. Hung jury. Guilty. What? I need to go to Tuscany and try it myself. Oh, that's okay. fair. Yeah. So we need more evidence is what I you're saying? I need more evidence. Yeah. Yeah. That's Insufficient totally evidence. Fair. Yeah. So pay for our trip. Roberto Cavalli or anybody else who wants to pay for it. <laughs> we keep tagging our celebrities in hopes that they give us money. And they haven't so yet. There have been no faxes. No faxing of checks. Surprisingly. So do better, celebrities, is yes, what we're saying. Yes, we're giving you all of this free advertising. Exactly. Come on. All right. <laughs> well, please feel free to reach out to us at True Crimes Against Wine at Gmail, Instagram, Facebook, and on until, your fax machine. On your fax machine. Until next time. Ciao, Bella. All right. Ciao.